Yeah, I'm not really buying this. So, uh, sometimes friend of the show, Gavin Newsom. <laughs> uh, so I've been I've been off Twitter, and I've still stayed good about being off Twitter. But I did, uh, in an incognito, did a, a check of Twitter.com/slash/Darth just to see how how things have been. Just him. Seems to be good. You you were right where it's it's mostly dog content now, which is it's solid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but there was a retweet of uh, an account that had a little clip of uh, Gavin doing one of his briefings um, with a big sign in front of him that says Vax. Mm. But uh, the quote is, and it's much more impressive. So please put a link in the show notes. So people can actually hear these words come out of his mouth. But Gavin says, we have Taco Bell doing these, uh, quote, fancy Dorito tacos, which are addictive beyond words. <laughs> They're doing the free Doritos tacos as well on June 15th. Um, and apparently, oh, apparently this was part of the hashtag Vax for the win event. So the big thing here for me is fucking Gavin, who probably has <laughs> a, you know, like a, like, uh, like, um, like a sub sandwich shop has like a, a 10 sandwich card thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, like the loyalty cards. Like, I'm sure this dude has a, a, a card from the French laundry. That has like that's two stamps away from like free foie gras for him and Nancy, and he's talking about fancy Doritos tacos. It rings very hollow. I, I that's I guess that's all that's all I have. But it's it doesn't seem sincere. Uh, it's kind of like when Mike Bloomberg is out there, like and like Andrew Yang is trying to have. Uh, actually, those probably aren't comparable, but they're trying to just have a slice with um, your your Joe Average voter, and I'm not sure. Are you accusing Gavin Newsom of sounding insincere? I, that that doesn't sound plausible to me. I mean, I, it's going to go bad if I continue talking. But I, I, I am not. We've talked uh, where I think I had a, like a ten year stretch without any type of um, Yum Brands Taco Bell food in, in, ingested for over a decade. I broke that about two years ago because it was the only thing open in um, Eugene, Oregon, at ten o'clock. But, yeah, I'm not sure the Doritos Locos Tacos count as fancy, and I don't buy that Gavin thinks they are either, because, uh, again, hashtag French Laundry Gate. That's what I was going to point out, is I think the real thing to be outraged about here is the use of the word fancy. Oh, yeah, you betcha. Um, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting, as the kids say. Again, I don't. This, this is this is more of a thing said partially in jest, but also not really. But again, California has mostly it's 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 done pretty well with the with the. Have you been looking at the New York Times vaccination chart of the country uh, heat map? I, I've been known to look at that from time to time. Yes, <laughs> California is pretty dark green. I yeah. I still and I still think I'm right in my. Um, my anger or frustration with kind of the the one A one B tiers at the start and kind of how things were prioritized, but you know, in terms of getting jabs and arms, I think overall things went fairly well. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and again, in, in the the what's the recall alternative for Gavin? It's that guy who brought a live bear out to his press conference, and then <laughs> I think Mike Isaac or somebody had a, a tweet on this, and uh, he was getting mad during the press conference that people were only talking about the bear and not his not his uh, policy positions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think his name was uh, Joe Cox, something Cox for governor. It's not the owner of Cox Communications. No, not not to be confused with him. 
Oh, apparently the governor of Utah is named Spencer Cox. Well, you, well, it's illegal to have two governors with the same last name. Okay, he he's already out. Yeah, that, that's that's an article of the Constitution, isn't it? Yeah, Article Two. Mm-hmm. Right. Or wait, which is which is? I was trying to make a joke about Section Two Thirty, but it didn't work. <laughs> no, well, well, we'll we'll workshop that. Okay, I'll ask Ted next time for my talking points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you got anything, or do you want to dive straight in? Um. I guess maybe the last comment on on this um, this tweet, which will be in the notes, is sure. this is just one of a series of really surreal headlines and tweets. I mean, I guess that there's been those have been popping up like all through the pandemic, but I, for whatever reason, it feels like in the last month, as things have like been opening back up, and as there's been discussion of things like variants and things like that, it's just there are some some really um some really crazy like almost like science fiction slash onion (laughs) headlines out there that that are actually real news which um yeah what a time to be alive is what i'm saying well thanks for emmett rna we most of us will continue to be alive (laughs) so yeah we'll take it um yeah the daily had a good episode about they did yeah yeah that was really good also on monday or tuesday there was that guy talking about Apple who sounds 80% like Kevin Roos, and, and that was very jarring. <laughs> His name was like Jeff or George, but he sounded, if you close your eyes, which I think you have to with a podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I listen. Yeah. Even even when walking Branson, well, my, my eyes are closed. Well, he'll 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 guide you. He's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's, auto, he's a de facto seeing eye dog. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely well enough behaved to be one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah okay so what do we have for follow-up actually there's there's something that we that's been kicked down that's been a can that we've it's been a a partially charged battery we've been kicking down the road for the past couple of weeks mm. you took a long drive and you have thoughts on superchargers i do i why I, I did and i do yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah also thanks to uh, mrna i i was finally after over a year and a half able to visit family down in southern california um you know normally we would fly but because the new housemate is of course not vaccine eligible yet um we're not we're not really comfortable flying given that circumstance so so we drove down there for for the first time in in quite a while and we we brought the the tesla um and it was the first time I had to look this up. It was the first time in over two years, going on like two and a half years, that I had used a supercharger. And did you visit so the one with the lounge, the Kettleman did. City one? We did. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um. So yeah, I, I I have I have some thoughts as as this was prefaced, and I I put some photos in the um in the thing if you want to kind of follow along. I did see one that said that it would take over twenty four hours to charge. So yeah, so that that'll be that'll yeah. be part of the of the discussion here. Okay. Um. So I guess like most of my thoughts and opinions and just the overall experience of using superchargers and and i guess even more broadly said taking an ev on a long distance drive all kind of fall under the same general um thesis as, as you would say um which is like range anxiety is just not really a thing anymore 
and it's just it's just really not a big deal to take an EV on, you know, uh, whatever this was, six hundred mile drive, um, or not that far, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's just the the availability of superchargers, and and really even non Tesla chargers have also greatly expanded. And as I'll get into more here in a second, the speed of these chargers has also just gotten crazy fast to the point where, so we we stopped twice uh, in, in each direction, stopped twice on the way down, twice on the way back, and the car was ready to go before we were in, on, on all four occasions, which I think is sort of like maybe the, the best kind of concrete thing I can say to support the idea that like charging just isn't a big deal. Like it wasn't, it wasn't as if it, it slowed us down. In fact, you know, the, the car was kind of waiting for us to, uh, to go. So those are kind of, kind of some general, some general thoughts that came to mind on this drive. And, you know, some of the more like specific stuff and really a lot of like specific Tesla stuff is, like superchargers have have seemingly improved quite a bit since the last time that I've used them. So one of the photos I have here to show you, which I'll kind of describe to the listeners here, is that there was a software update put out um, probably a year, year and a half ago at this point, where if you set your destination to be a supercharger... What the car does is when you're about 10 minutes out or so, it starts to precondition the battery. Don't ask me exactly what preconditioning is. I, I think it has something to do with getting the battery sort of up to like the ideal temperature to basically accept fast charging. And so that way, when you, when you get to a supercharger, the battery is sort of like in an optimal temperature slash state to be able to charge as fast as possible which i think is, is pretty cool and is a very sort of like tesla like touch which which is like a really good example of why i mean despite all of their uh <laughs> corporate flaws and other kind of unsavory parts why tesla is such a good experience it's just there's there's a <laughs> level of thoughtfulness with the overall experience that I really can't think of any other car manufacturer having. Can I ask a question that you might not have the answer to? Yeah. Uh, I know EVs have difficulties in very cold weather. For optimal charging temperature, do you know if, like, let's say you were doing a drive, like, towards Arizona or something, and it was a very, very, very hot, is there, is, like, there, is there the opposite, where it could be too hot to safely charge the battery, or... That type of thing, do you know? I don't know for sure. I, although I did notice on the drive back when it was much, much warmer than on the drive down that on one of the supercharger stops, it did not ever pop up this preconditioning battery thing, which I took to mean that maybe because it was so warm outside, the battery was already at a temperature where it didn't need to do anything else to prepare itself for supercharging. Got it. Um, so on, on the way down, the first supercharger we stopped at was, um, Kettleman city. Um, 
And we, we decided on that one for a couple of reasons. I mean, one was, and th this was sort of like the, the strategy overall with superchargers, um, is I sort of kind of pre-mapped out which ones I wanted us to stop at, you know, prior to starting the drive. And you can, you can just literally like I, from, you know, our house up here, I could, you know, enter an address in San Diego where my family is and it will you know, the navigation system will say, oh, okay, I think you should stop at this supercharger for this long and then that supercharger for that long. You can have it just automatically do all that for you. But then, you you know, you're kind of just at the mercy of like whichever superchargers it picked and you don't really know what's around that particular supercharger, like what your food options are, etc. So I, I kind of like mapping those out ahead of time because then I know exactly, you know, what the food choices are is there you know a starbucks nearby like what whatever and kettleman city's nice because they sort of have everything it's all walking distance um and they also have um and this is like a very <laughs> kind of covid era thing they had very nice restrooms um which we had well, we had been a, to well, that could be a, a every year type thing. It, well, that's that's, that's, a, that's an intangible that's, in life. Anyway, moving true on. too. Yeah. Um, um, and actually, the, the, I mean, the the reason I knew that last point is also another reason why we stopped at this one, which was you know, given that this was our first time being more than like fifty miles from our house in a year and a half, we wanted to keep things as simple and kind of familiar as possible. So. Um, this is, we had been to the supercharger before, so we kind of, kind of knew the lay of the land, if you will. Um, but then the more nerdy reason I wanted to stop at Kettleman city is that I knew this was one of the locations that Tesla had added their supercharger V3 stalls. So these are the chargers that go up to 250 kilowatts instead of 150 which was the the max of supercharger v2 and one of the things i was really interested in is that i had recalled hearing that not all of the stalls at this supercharger location had been upgraded this this location has like it's like 40 or 50 stalls it's huge um and I was kind of thinking as we were getting closer to it, like, uh, is it, am I going to have to like go onto like the Tesla subreddit or something and like figure out some weird way to identify which one is, you know, the faster <laughs> version of the charger? Cause I, I really kind of wanted to see it in action. Um, but no, Tesla actually had the stalls like very, very clearly marked, you know, they, they had, 250 above the ones that were version three 150 above the ones that were still version two they actually had a segment of them that were in the process of being upgraded to version three so that was all that was all nice and again just sort of like well well thought out in a way that you know i'm not sure if you went to like i don't know what are some of the other third-party chargers like an ev go or something like that if it would be quite as, you know, clearly marked. Um, and then I, you know, I, I put a picture in here showing you some of the, um, some of the results, which, um, actually did I, did I include that? Maybe I didn't include this one in the, I didn't include this one in the thing, but, um, I mean, when I, when we first plugged in, it got up to like over a thousand miles per hour 
of, of an, in charge in a charge rate, which was, you know, and it doesn't stay there very long, but, um, it's, it, it, it is, it's, it's remarkably fast. I, I felt like, you know, I walked across the street to the Starbucks to get some coffee and then I, you know, checked in on it and it was like, you know, it had gained, you know, 150 miles in, in some very short period of time, which, which I thought was, was pretty impressive. Can you briefly explain to me idle fees? Like how, when it tops off its charger or whatever, how long do you have to go retrieve the car and move? Yeah. So that's actually another picture I included here. So oh. the, the, the second stop on the way down was at a location in Burbank where it was a supercharger where all the, all the stall, stalls were in use. Um, and we kind of happened to pull in like right when another car was pulling out. And when we plugged in, it, the car kind of brought up this little notification saying, hey, this is a high usage supercharger station. Um, we're going to limit you to only recharge up to 80%. You could override that if you wanted to. But by default, instead of going up to 100% or whatever your predefined limit is, it, it went down to 80%. Um, and then that, this is also where idle fees can kick in, where if the station you're at is full and your car is still plugged in while being fully charged, then you can be charged a, a basically a per minute fee to, to continue sitting there as an incentive for you to move. We didn't, didn't run into that at all, you know, during this trip, but. Uh, and I've, I have never had that happen. I, and I think, well, you know, Tesla generally tries to use that as kind of a measure of last resort. But but they, when you do, you know, tap on a supercharger and set that as your destination, it you know it shows you what all the charging fees are, and it and it includes any kind of idle fee information. Well, and the reason you wouldn't be idling in here because in this picture in Burbank, you do have some Shake Shack waiting for you. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Can we go back real quick to the, well, yeah. sorry, I assume you'll get to it because there, there's a picture in here that refers to a very slow charging situation. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the other um, interesting thing with, with EVs where, you know, on long distance drives, I mean, you're, you definitely are beholden to having access to these, these fast chargers. I mean, that's, that's really the the only realistic way to, to go on long drives is, is to make sure that, you know, you're going somewhere where you, you have access to these along your route. Um, but another little thing that, you know, you don't really think much about with, with charging an EV is, I mean, you can just plug these things into a regular outlet and, and, you know, they'll, they'll charge like, you know, here at home, I never do that because I have a little, you know, Tesla charger that is connected to a, you know, a 240 circuit in my house. And so I, you know, I get, you know, I guess it's, I think, I think there's sim many, similar to how many amps is that? Is it basically what, what a dryer would use? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I think it's, it's like 30 something amps. Okay. Cause the standard U S outlet is 15 amps, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is like 30. And I guess it, it's hooked up to, I think a 40 amp breaker, Got but it. I think that it taps out at like 38 amps or something. And I, and I get about 40 miles of charge per well, hour. 
I guess that's my question. So, uh, yeah, how quickly does your home charger charge? Like, if, if you arrive home and you only have 20 miles of range and your battery's at 5%, how long will it take on the fastest reasonable home outlet installation? How long will it take to get back to full? It's, it's like six, seven hours. Okay. Yeah. So it's like o- overnight, basically, is the way to think about it. Got it. Um, which, you know, if, if you're someone who owns an ev like that's to really you know kind of effectively use it or conveniently use it you want something like that at home um but you know something else that's an option on the road and jason snell actually pointed this out in in his really good um write-up on using a tesla for a long car ride is you know if you're you know visiting someone like in my case and also in jason's case um you know well i guess it was his mom but you know, grandma to his kids. Well, my grandma is who I was visiting. Um, my, my comparison there didn't quite work out, but visiting family, um, um, you know, she, she didn't have, you know, a spare <laughs> 240, uh, outlet, uh, which is understandable. Uh, but she does where, you know, where I park my car when I'm staying there, she does just have a, a regular outlet that's out there. And, you know, I just, plugged my car in and you know we were there for a number of days and didn't really do a lot of driving when we were down there and you know even though as you can see in the in the picture i put in the thing you know it's only charging at a rate of about two miles an hour so it's you know it's five percent you know the speed of like what i would get normally at home if you leave it there for a couple of days you know it actually ends up recharging a significant amount so you actually still end up leaving where you are you know with almost a a full charge so again not something you want to use like all the time but it it is it is kind of a neat option to have um when you're traveling does that come with the car it does yeah so the car comes with um you know a, a charger that has both um an adapter for a standard three prong outlet which is you know how like how it was plugged in at my grandma's or it also has the adapter for a standard 240 outlet which is like what you were saying how you like what you'd plug like a, a dryer into or something got it um so you know that, that's the other thing that that people will sometimes have like a lot of newer homes now just have one of these 240 outlets in the garage exactly for this reason so that you can just literally plug an ev in um like in my situation here at my house i didn't obviously have one of those um but did have the actual circuit in our in our um in our breaker box and so i just bought the the tesla wall charger and connected you know had that installed to that to that extra circuit um i could have also had just that outlet installed and then used the the charger that came with my car, but it it would have been basically the same price. And now the nice thing with this setup is that I have that charger just always in my trunk. So, mm-hmm. you know, it always just comes with the car, which is kind of nice. So I effectively have two chargers, the the one that is, you know, fixed to the side of my house and then the one that's just in my trunk. Cool. So yeah, so the moral of the story in general is just that w- with the Tesla specifically, because of the supercharger network and the affordances with the navigation system, charging is mostly a non-issue. 
Yeah, I think or range anxiety. The, sorry. Yeah, that's. I think that that's a perfect summary. And I guess maybe the the other big takeaway, which I think I've probably mentioned on this show, we, you know, years ago when using supercharging for the first time, um, is I I I like I like the rhythm of stopping to charge like i when i go on long car drives which in general i don't like so i kind of try to avoid them altogether but when i do have to make a long car drive i'm not someone who just like wants to get to the destination as fast as possible and like just never stop and just just keep going like i i like taking breaks and stopping to charge just really fits right into that like i felt like we had a, a really good system both ways where we left early in the morning you know drove for a few hours stopped for breakfast and that was charging stop number one drove for like a couple of more hours that put us right around lunchtime stopped again had lunch and then drove the rest of the way and we did that both directions and that just um I don't know. It just again, it kind of had a nice, nice rhythm to it, and I feel like it helps, sort of, uh, along with autopilot as well. Like it just helps you feel not quite as tired and stressed by the time you get to your destination. So it adds a little bit of time, of course, but but again, I mean, the car the car was ready before we were all four times. So the 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 charging itself wasn't slowing us down it was kind of the decision to make those couple of stops that did yeah that's a good point because that is one other thing that um covid has kind of um interrupted because I've, I've had to do a bunch of long long form or like long distance driving recently and that yeah normally you would have kind of like a, a 30 minute thing where you would just decide to go to starbucks but now that's kind of more of a get in get out type situation so it's not really a thing there where if you kind of have something that you can break your trip up into like different legs and you have kind of something that forces you not that it's a, a long inconvenience but that forces you to kind of have to do something for 30 to 45 minutes that's nice yeah that's 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 kind of cool because with, with the gas station you don't really get that because it's four minutes and you're like oh well i might as well just keep driving because the Starbucks is basically drive-through only or something. So, right. No, that, that's actually that's a good point too. Where, you know, th this was a good experience overall in terms of this of the stops not feeling like they were inconveniences. Like we didn't feel like you know charging was getting in the way of what we wanted to do. Like charging just kind of fit into the breaks we wanted to take, and that was even with you know, like you mentioned. Um, like we had we had Shake Shack on one of the ways on one of the stops down and you know we just like ate it in the car which you know is not really what you want to do but like um again that's, you know, it that's for fast food I I wholeheartedly disagree <laughs> you're not getting the full um, shame if you don't <laughs> fair point um but no I mean like the the real kind of great supercharger experience is is something that I've done before going back a couple of years, the last time I was using superchargers is stopping at one that's, you know, near some kind of restaurant that you want to eat at. And then you just plug in, go sit down, eat your food. And then by the time you're done, car's ready. Um, but, you know, obviously we, we, we weren't doing that this time down. Um, and actually to, to close the loop on something you alluded to earlier, that Kettleman City 
supercharger does have a lounge kind of an airport style lounge mm-hmm. which the first time we went to it i checked it out it's fine you know it's it's nothing remarkable um and so this time we just we skipped that gotcha so yeah well, supercharging neat. is um it's always been solid and i feel like it's it's just been even further improved during the last couple of years and then uh real quick what is the cost on a supercharge these days it's you know i, I that part it feels like it's gotten more expensive um it you know it it's still cheaper than gas but i wouldn't say dramatically so like how much you like know, 40 bucks for like a full charge it can get up there yeah i would i would say i mean i didn't actually you know crunch the numbers here but i i would say that intuitively it kind of felt like it was maybe 15 to 20 percent cheaper than gas some some or maybe call it 10 to 20 percent cheaper than gas mm-hmm. some something in that range hmm. yeah all right um cool justin for uh just in time for the summer travel season for folks that's right all right there's also uh electric has a thing about the this funky ass steering wheel that tesla is forcing on cars to make them look different yeah so tesla months and months ago announced kind of their long-awaited revision to the model s and model x which especially in the interior hadn't changed very much in years and we're kind of starting to look outdated compared to the less expensive Model 3 and Model Y. And so the you know Tesla finally um finally announced that that going back I think it was like back in February or March and you know, we talked about it on the show um and one of the kind of just bizarre things about the redesign was the steering wheel which essentially looks like a flight yoke. That's no other better way to describe it. And so anyway, flash forward to today and Tesla has finally started shipping some of these things. And so people have, have, you know, gotten their, gotten their hands on this, this new steering wheel. And it, it, I mean, it just, it just seems really, really bad. Um, ATP actually had brought up this point back when they talked about this and it's it's definitely proven out in this electric article where anytime you're having to you know do like a full turn of the wheel so if you're you know if you're parking or something it's just very very awkward to you know rotate this new wheel like a full 360 degrees I just, you go to like reach and like just part of the wheels, like not there. So it just seems really bad. And it seems like another design decision, which I think you can even go all the way back to like when the model three was originally announced and the very kind of minimalist interior was shown for the first time. I think that that's kind of the starting point of this. And basically every design decision since then that Tesla's made is sort of using the premise that 
these cars already drive themselves. But they obviously, as we've talked about extensively on this show, they very much do not yet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know. No. (laughs) There's a dude on Twitter who keeps saying it's it's totally different than that. Mm. Coming later Um, this year. Right. (laughs) Right. A couple of weeks from now, I think. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it just just ends up, um, you know, resulting in these design decisions that lead to just not a great driving experience and i mean the the craziest thing about these initial impressions is that the i mean the version of the model s that tesla has has first started to ship here with the new interior is there i think it's like their plaid edition is what they call it Mm -hmm. and it's it's like a hundred and thirty thousand dollar car well i mean it starts at like a hundred and thirty thousand and it's just um it's it's something to have a hundred thousand plus dollar car with just a really really crappy way to drive, and this isn't even getting into. <laughs> well, you just described every Mercedes, but okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this isn't even getting into some of the other issues with the wheel, which we also talked about. I think a bit when this was first shown, where. You know, even if this wheel was in a more traditional shape and it was like a full circle, Tesla's made some other weird decisions here too, where they've they've eliminated the two stocks that all other Teslas have. Oh, which is, aren't you know, turn you... signals now like buttons on the steering wheel? Yeah. So one mm-hmm. one side one side has has been used for wipers and for turn signals. And then the other side is used to, you know, for the drive mode, right? So going drive, reverse, park, et cetera. And Tesla's put all that stuff just onto buttons and not even physical buttons like touch buttons on this new steering wheel. So even if the wheel were a more traditional shape, the buttons just, I mean, that just seems like a total mess. Mm -hmm. And just, it just like the... The the stocks in my Model 3, I think, are actually like one of the best features of how that car is set up. Like they're they just they've got a great feel to them. They're very intuitive. They're very easy to access. I mean, you can you can all the controls on both stocks you can very easily cycle through without ever having to look at them or anything like that. And that's I mean, that's very much not the case with this this new design. So again, it, it's something that if these cars truly drove themselves, like sure, probably would be okay. But because they don't, it's just it's a huge step backwards. Well, I mean, that, that was the whole deal, or that was kind of the theory behind why the Model Three interior was so sparse and didn't have a traditional instrument cross, instrument cluster because. Like I mean, the the center console design. Like I don't know how you feel about it. A year and a half or two years in, do you prefer that you don't have traditional gauges and you have, or even a screen there that you just have the stuff in the middle? I mean, call me a homer, but I do. I mean, it's just it's. I know I never think about it in in my car. Mm. You know the 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 screen is is very much in my line of sight still the critical information is in the you know the top left part of the screen which makes it even more accessible and not having anything in front of you actually does lead to you know i think a really nice 
nice driving experience. Which, you know, you could also, you could point to this this new yoke steering wheel design and say like, oh, well, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it, it, it's also kind of in the spirit of having very little sort of block your view of the road, which, you know, I'll say it again, like, sure, may work if the car is mostly driving itself, but the car is mostly not driving itself. And so, well, it's never really truly driving itself. <laughs> um I mean, you, you, I mean, you literally have to keep your hands on the wheels at all times, even when using autopilot. So like this crappy design is something that you are, you're literally interacting with every moment you're in the car. So it just yeah. is not, not good. Yeah. And it's a shame because, you know, I think I said this before too. I, I actually mostly like the new interior design of the Model S and the Model X. But the steering wheel is is a, a huge miss. Yep. All right. Moving on. Uh I forget when this first came out, but honestly, when did when did Tesla Ted Lasso come out? Like in Premiere? Fall twenty twenty? What is time? That sure. that sounds that sounds about let's right. Go with yeah. Let's go let's go with the premise that I'm always right. There we go. Um uh so one of the common complaints, not really complaints, but just like you know, and, and Apple Twitter is weird. But people have been uh, grousing about the fact that there was no, that the, the Ted Lasso show and like show merch, like it seems like it was the perfect fit for them to have kind of jerseys and stuff that you can buy for, um, what's the team? AFC Richmond? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So apparently with season two coming soon, that there will be jerseys and stuff that you can buy. Which I would never do, but I think it's neat. Like I, I don't know what what is traditional, what is like uh, stuff you can buy as a soccer hooligan? Is it just jerseys? Um, I I think so. Yeah. Uh, although one thing to clarify is that the merch that's going to come out prior to the show premiering, is their season two premiering, is actually not going to be jerseys. It's going to be other stuff like i think shirts and probably hats and things like that Um, jerseys though well so jerseys will come out in september according to this nine to five mac article which will be in the notes and that's because that's when the premier league which is the league that afc richmond is supposed to be in in the show Mm -hmm. i guess that's when they put out their refreshed and they, they they don't refer to them as jerseys carlos it's kits yeah but also i think you made a mistake i think i think it's not premier league i think it's called super league now <laughs> that's <laughs> right a, a very old reference it's, but it's, very it's a d- deep cut yeah yeah um but wait so hmm so is, i guess they're, is, they're is holding hats, off is has the thing in soccer well i mean uh, we're we'll probably looking the, at the same picture. Whatever, whatever the, the assistant, whatever the assistant coach's <laughs> name in the name. show is, he's one. He's one of the Diamond Dogs. One of the who? Wasn't that the name that he? Man, I, it's been again going back to your "what is time" thing. I don't remember the show at all anymore. I mean, yeah, T- Ted Lasso may as well have come out like six years ago. What's the name I, of the kid? No, not him. No, the, I, no, the I other... know, I know that. But what's the name? What is the name of the kid? Nathan? Nate? Maybe. Nate. Yeah, it's Nate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's the other dude's name? I have no idea. Seems That's beard, the... though. Hold on. Wait, what, what is it? 
IMDb to the last up, but uh, they they redesigned IMDb where it stinks now. Well, so um, anyway, he he whatever his name is, he 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 wears <laughs> an AFC Richmond hat. So maybe you'll be able to buy that hat. His name is literally Coach Beard. God damn it! <laughs> nice. Oh man! All right. Um, what and also show title whatever his name is. Okay, so that's that's neat. Um, are you gonna buy any of this, or is this just kind of like a fun thing to joke about? I'd buy an AFC Richmond jersey. Yeah, if there was like an AFC Richmond license plate frame, I'd think of, I'd, I'd think about that. But no, I think a, a jersey is actually what I really want because I don't own any other soccer jerseys. So I think it'd be fun. But where to... would you wear it to? To Sharks games? Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I'd, okay. I'd wear it. You know, I'd wear it around the house on a weekend. I, I don't know. <laughs> Fertilizing, that's where, that's where, fertilizing the lawn while wearing a very expensive jersey for an apple tv vanity project i love it that's kind of that's kind of where i wear all of the shirts and other clothing that i've bought over the years that since you i've kind of seemed like out a good of idea at or, the time yeah exactly um they, they become casual weekend wear around the house so i think that's probably what an afc richmond jersey would be well and also like i don't know if i ever like you know, if if I went to a, I don't know, a San Jose earthquake game or some like one-off <laughs> soccer event like that someday, it'd, it'd be fun yeah. to show up in an AFC Richmond jersey. Uh, no offense, but the chance of that is zero. Yeah, Americans well, don't watch soccer. I, the, the, the new house maybe might be in a soccer one day or something. She's, she's a big Quakes fan. See, also, if I ever become a kid's soccer coach, that would also be a prime opportunity to wear an AFC Richmond jersey. And that's how I would know who the cool parents were, is it'd be the ones who recognized what I was wearing. Does Northern California have like an equivalent of AYSO? Oh, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Mm. All right. And then actually this is kind of a follow-up from upgrade. I haven't I would still hit my radar. Uh but is the when is the morning show coming back? I refuse September to watch seventeenth. So I refuse to watch um trailers and previews for stuff i like mm-hmm. or that i'm interested in it's not kind of the the john syracuse a full media I, blackout or whatever but i i don't i don't like trailers for stuff that, that's what i do too stuff that i know i'm going to see anyway i i just mm-hmm. i don't watch any of the trailers and stuff for like same reason why like when better call saul was on tv like i would never watch the here's what's happening next week even oh though, yeah no you turn that off yeah yeah no well, you don't watch that and do you remember mad men where they had the thing where like, I think Matthew Weiner, his deal was like, he's like, I just want to make these as esoteric and not, uh, like, it, they, there's no way you could possibly figure out what's going to happen on the next well, episode. There's I, like performance I, I, art think, pieces. Yeah. No, I think the story behind those were he didn't want to do them, but AMC was like, like, no, like, you, you, like, literally, like, you have to do them. Like, that's just how we produce how our works. shows. <laughs> so he's like, okay, fine. I'm just going to stitch together, you know eight completely random clips it was always like characters just saying like complete like random like it it on uh, non-contextual like there was just just random words yeah it made yeah. no sense and it's yeah no i mean and they give it they mean the traditional ones give away way too much so yeah you just you don't you don't want to you don't want to ever watch those yeah so anyway kind of cautiously looking forward to the morning show i guess mm, more i guess yeah i <sighs> I feel like the more the more I think about that show, the more I'm kind of like, eh, it's a little, I don't know, it's it's, it's a little into itself. Well, 
maybe you're not like I'm very much I, I I'm I'm an idiot that likes like I watched all of Studio 60. I am very much into like, you know, like the Aaron Sorkin bullshit. So it's so self-referential up its own butt TV is kind of my thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, you know what? Hey, that's what you're getting with the morning show. So, but it's fine. And also I like, uh, what's the, what's the guy dude's name? The control room guy. Uh, like, cause there's two, two dudes who make TV. Uh, what's his name? Mark Duplass. Do do oh, you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they had a, they had a really good show that was canceled too early on HBO called Togetherness that was very good. Hmm. Um, wait, did you watch that or no? No. Okay. Um, yeah, he's good, but I I like Ted Lasso. I'm actually I don't know why I'm kind of not that excited for season two because like, I feel like it can't live up to whatever I want it to be. Like if See, this I, is don't, a, I know it's not really a show I go in with super high expectations. It's well, but, it's just kind of fun that's entertainment. The thing, that's the thing where I I went into the show with no expectations for the first run. And that's why it was it it exceeded those expectations, and now that I kind of think, well, it was good before, so this has got to be good. Now I have, I feel like I'm going. My heart's going to be broken. I see what you're hope, saying because it's the hope that kills you. See, they're not you, they're not going to be able to make another line like that. I mean, anyway. yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I would still say, even though I really enjoyed season one, it's not like I'm expecting season two to, you know completely changed the way i think about tv or something it's just it's it's a fun entertaining show well yeah because it's not it's not tv it's apple tv all right um is that is that that, that's not really their tagline is it well no that's hbo's oh that's right it's not anymore though is it uh no it's 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 not tv it's a bunch of shit we bought for me from warner media should be something like taking it to the max something like that yeah, yeah, maybe. It's a, it's it's that's that's not it's not bad. It's no, it's no worse no, than it's, it's some other stuff that's out there. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything better. <laughs> the Ford F. No, it's not worse. It just means I'm tired and I and I have a heat headache. <laughs> um, the Ford F one fifty. Oh, this this did come out a month ago. I'm like, this is old news. Yeah. The Ford F one fifty. Why didn't they call it the 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 Ford F or uh, the Mach F? Um, <laughs> both are equally <laughs> both are equally silly names. Yeah. The Ford F one fifty Lightning is a three hundred mile range um, electric truck, and you know what? there's not there's nothing to hate on or like I mean, Ford sells a bunch of trucks to. A large amount of people, many people who will never put anything in the truck bed and just want to have a truck. And, and yes, this is America. If you're not hurting somebody else, it's mostly fine. And they're making it a, an electric car, and it looks like they're putting their whole butt into it. And, you know, good on them, I guess. Like, it's actually it, one of the... Yeah, it was, it was one of the reasons I wanted to to put this in our in the document is because, you know, a consistent thing that I do on this show is express extreme skepticism to most other non-tesla evs because more often than not they're vaporware or coming out six years from now or are ninety thousand dollars you know or have some other kind of weird why are you subtweeting the audi (laughs) e-tron you know um i i don't i don't live in a like 
I would not call where, where I live like a fancy neighborhood or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two Audi e-trons like within a quarter mile of my house, which is yeah. not what I'd expect. Anyway. I mean, how, is that, how would that be different from a neighbor having a BMW 5 Series? That's not really that different. T- true. That's fair. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. That, that was why I wanted to put this in the nose is because this is all around just like a really cool car and it's 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 very reasonably priced it's coming out next year and you know it it just it has a lot of really cool touches too like it it has a um a frunk which by the way i don't think we've ever talked about this on the show hold on i because i think i'm gonna scoop you I, I forgot to talk about this when you were showing me your pictures. Yeah. And there was a little image on the, 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 like a map of the car on that slow charging image you, you showed me. And I always thought frunk was like a term of art or like just a kind of a thing that people made up. But on this image saying like, hey, what parts of your car are unlocked? It literally says frunk. Yeah. So Tesla redoes the, the UI like every, 10 months basically mm-hmm. um and on this latest version they they did finally embrace the the frunk nomenclature did it previously say front trunk correct right mm, that's too wordy exactly so yeah they, they've embraced the frunk name I, I i think forever i had been meaning to send you a picture of that well it's but... because of that breaking bad episode <laughs> <laughs> or sorry that the better call Saul episode and also, just just exactly what you want in your car, which is for it to change its interface every ten months. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, don't do that. Uh, but anyway, so the 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 frunk of the F one fifty, it's huge. I'd encourage you to to look for some pictures or a video or something of it. It's like I think Ford said that it has more cubic feet of storage than many midsize SUV trunks. It's it's really really cool. Um. So I I think that's a super neat feature. Um, it also has a feature which has been long time rumored to be coming to Tesla vehicles at some point and has, has become kind of a thing in some other EVs, which is this idea that the wall charger you have at home will be capable of essentially doing like bi-directional charging, meaning that, you know, of course, is you this- can charge your car at home. But then also your car, your car's battery can act as, act as like a backup battery for your house. So with, you know, this has become popular with people who get solar panels for their house. They, they pair them with batteries where in the event of a power outage, these batteries can, can power your home while you're with, you know, without power from the grid. And that's what the F-150 is going to be able to do, which... Which is which is neat. I mean, not a you know, not a feature you'd you'd be using all the time. You would hope, but um, in California, who knows? <laughs> right. The um, one thing that I uh, a little bit further down this electric page is it's curious that the when you're using either an eighty amp charger or one of the stations from the um, Volkswagen Audi shame project called Electrify America, which is part of their emissions cheating scandal settlement with the U.S. government is that the extended range battery actually charges faster than the standard range battery. I don't battery technology I don't really understand, especially when it comes to charge rates. It it's it's very confusing. More it's it's much more complicated than you think it'd be. Um it actually is one of the 
knocks against like if you had to come up with like one kind of nitpicky thing about the f-150 is that it's at least initially going to be capped out at 150 kilowatt fast chargers which you know as i was saying earlier is sort of like the equivalent of tesla's previous generation supercharger um i think most evs now do support at least that 250 kilowatt type charger in fact tesla's even been pressured to to get that up to like 300 which i think maybe even like the e-tron supports um but you know if, if you're someone who's going on a ton of long car rides and is, is depending on you know supercharger like things or fast chargers like you know i i, I don't know that, that doesn't seem like that'd be a very you know large number of people so it's probably not a big deal but that is one little nitpicky kind of limitation what on earth is a chatamo it's it's one of the one of the um like char- charging standards i think i remember the the technology connections a flashback to a chef special from a couple weeks ago he was talking about the Chevy Volt, and he was talking about yeah. Apparently, there's something, some weird cars that use something called Chatamo, and so it's a funky name. Yeah. But, but do, and again, I know this is a Tesla, or this is not a Tesla specific thing. But what is is does level two just mean anything above 150 amps or kilo? I don't, I don't know what the term is. I think level two is like what I have. I think my Tesla wall charger is considered a level two charger Mm. and then anything above that falls into the um like supercharger type category oh actually if you go to this electric wait no that can't be right because if you go down a little bit further to the electric article up for the f-150 it has a chart that says targeted charge times and apparently 150 kilowatt hours is level three yeah Hmm. right Okay. Uh, anyway, so also some some real time follow up, really far down on this electric article, they actually do have some pictures of the frunk, so you can see how massive and and cool it is. Neat. Yeah. All right. I don't remember this one password thing at all. <laughs> so what is this? So do you use the the one password browser plugin? Begrudgingly, you must, right? I'm weird. Where I don't trust the autofill. I'm an untrusting person in life, but hmm. I I do have it built into Chrome, but I normally will just do, hey, like I'll go to launch bar and I'll just type one P and I'll just, I'll open one password manually. But if it's a website, I feel won't do anything sketchy. I do have the um, Chrome extension installed. But, but so then the question is, do you have the classic extension, which essentially is its own standalone thing that doesn't in any way interact with the main app? Or do you have the, the, latest extension i don't know mine i just click the one password thing it does a little pop-up window that looks like a third the size of one password and then it autofills my thing so are you do you use like touch id or your apple watch to unlock one password on the mac on my macbook pro yes i don't use uh apple watch to unlock my mac at all okay so, I mean, that's that's one way you can tell, because that's one of the, the new features here is that, so previously with the classic extension, because it didn't interact with the main app at all, 
it didn't have the ability to um, use Touch ID or any of the biometric stuff that the main app does. Got it. And so you had to enter your, you know, your 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 master password to to unlock it, and it would lock after like a certain amount of time or when you closed your browser or whatever. But so now this this new extension, which also had the same kind of limitation, finally added support to hook into the main one password app, where now if you have biometric authentication enabled, you can also use that in this this browser extension. And they've got a bunch of other cool kind of features as part of this latest update, including supporting dark mode and kind of the whole interface around creating new um, login credentials, I think is quite a bit better. Um, it's, it's, it's really nice. And it's, it's, it's mostly how I interact with 1Password. I, I actually rarely open the main app. I usually just, just interact with the, the browser extension. Interesting. And I think actually maybe some real-time follow-up. I think maybe the classic extension also, I think this is the, the issue is that the classic extension actually did support like unlocking with Touch ID um, or with Apple Watch, but but it didn't have a lot of the newer features that the the newer extension did, but then the new extension didn't support Touch ID. It, it was kind of a, it was sort of like, the the problem that like the iPads had on and off over the years, which is like if somebody asks you like which is the best iPad, it's kind of it's hard it's <laughs> hard to answer idea. that. Yeah. <laughs> but and that's kind of how it's been with these two one password extension versions. But you know now the the latest version of the extension is sort of like clearly the 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 best version now. I'm assuming I'm using the old one. Because when I right click on it, it says the name of the extension is one password extension desktop app required. Yeah, that's the old one, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, cool. I love one password. Yeah, one password. <laughs> Uncontroversial statement of, of of the decade. It's 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 a very mm-hmm. good app and it's totally worth the thirty-six dollars a year or whatever I, I send to Canada every year. Um yeah, happy happy to send it. All right. Apple Music? Uh, Yeah, yeah, let's get into that. So, well, are you... I'll just say I'm going to be negative about this. Are you going to be positive or or at least measured on this? If so, you should... Yeah, I'm going to be measured slash neutral, yeah. Okay, go for it, then I'll... Yeah. Okay, so Apple, a month or so ago, announced some updates to Apple Music and it, it was all confusing because they sort of bundled in two or really I guess like th- almost like three different announcements kind of all together. So they announced that Apple Music was going to introduce lossless uh format, which I don't even think we're really going to talk at all about here because I, I haven't used any of that and don't really think I have any equipment that would in any way take advantage of that. But then they also announced spatial audio support and Dolby Atmos support, which are sort of the same thing, but not exactly. Like Dolby Atmos support is sort of like a type of or a certain implementation of spatial audio but spatial audio also works 
like an AirPods Pro, which, which don't have Dolby Atmos support. Well, I guess they, maybe they do. I don't know. There's there's some there's some overlap, I think, between those features, but they're not exactly the same thing. But anyway, Apple Music has introduced on certain albums and tracks this idea of sort of like multi-channel audio, I guess is the the more generic way of saying what they've added. And they and they rolled this out formally um, I think the same day as the WWDC keynote last week. So it's, it's been out now for, you know, a week and a half. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think? So, so I, I, I'm an, I'm a Spotify user and it's a service I very much like. And I also have an Apple music subscription for reasons. So I have AirPods Pro, which are not good headphones. Like they're good as AirPods, but I wouldn't say anybody ever would say their AirPods sound good. Am I speaking out of turn? Like, uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So I've listened. So I listened to some stuff that I was familiar with. Like, so if you go into Apple Music, it, like it's kind of like on the like, discover page or whatever where it shows you kind of like the playlist and a bunch of music i don't want to listen to it shows you a bunch of stuff and, and uh, there's a bunch of spatial audio playlists and one also the term spatial audio doesn't mean anything I, I don't i don't get that term that apple's trying to make it's not like surround sound is the thing that people have always known and also apple is using spatial audio in multiple contexts recently where like, isn't there a thing where they're also using the term spatial audio for, like, you turn your head and the sound of a movie or people in, like, a video conference sound like they're coming from different directions? Yeah, right. Like, th- that's confusing, and also, that's also not necessarily what that term means, if you were to take it that way. But So I listened to some music that I've already been familiar with on the spatial audio playlists and at first i was like oh this doesn't sound any different and then it turns out you have to turn on spatial audio as a bluetooth like option on airpods pro and then i turned it on and then it still didn't really sound different or better so i listened to some taylor swift which is music i'm very very Mm -hmm. very 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 familiar with and i can recite the lyrics to basically 95 percent of her catalog I'm a grown man. It's okay. And sounds fine. Like it's just, di- do you, did you ever have like, um, like in the nineties, like, the, like you'd have like a sound card that would have like one of the, like the flexes or like the tech demos that a sound card would sometimes have is that like you could do like environmental effects on audio. Right. Like, I guess I was expecting it to be like, cause like, like it, uh, changing audio to make it sound like you're like in a concert hall or something like that, that that's existed for a long time. And I guess I was expecting more from it because like, yeah, like the day, like the Taylor Swift stuff I listened to, like didn't really sound much different. It sounded maybe more like I'm not an audiophile. And also people who call themselves audiophiles are not audiophile like, because it doesn't exist, but like it just sounded different slightly but didn't sound better like I, i've like fuller is not what i would call it like i feel like there's a much bigger impact by just listening on like just 
better headphones or better speakers. Like, I mean, even with standard stereo audio, like if I, if I'm in my living room and I choose to play music only on my sound bar versus having airplay go to multiple destinations and have it play on like my Sonos move and the Sonos one that's at my desk on top of the sound bar, like that has a much more different and realistic room filling effect than I think spatial audio does. Like it just, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't get like, it feels 100% an unnecessary gimmick and not anything that's really going to change like the listening experience. Like I, I don't get who wants this or cares about this because like Taylor Swift is not going to master her next album and think, you know what? Like I want Apple users with very specific types of headphones to have a better experience than everybody else. Because like standard stereo audio is going to be like, that's what just like will stand the test of time. Like I, I just, I feel like this feels super unnecessary and totally not worthwhile. Like, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't know. No, you're not wrong. I mean, there's sort of a lot of a lot of things to to point out or to kind of go deeper on what you just said. Like one of the big things, um, and and um, Jason Sell talked about this on Upgrade, where a lot of it depends on the music you're listening to, like what type of music it is. Um, you know, could just whether it whether that type of music even benefits from being split into multi-channel multiple channels. And also, even if it is a type of music that would, how the how the track was originally recorded plays a big part into it. So I think the the experience is going to vary from you know album to album a lot. Um, and yeah, I also you know of course used Taylor Swift as as the example here because her re release of Fearless um, su- supported this this feature on day one. And I, so I don't have AirPods Pro or any, any other kind of headphones that support this. So the way that I was testing it out was through my Apple TV. When you, when you have your Apple TV hooked up to a Dolby Atmos enabled system like I do, you can access the spatial audio stuff using the music, the Apple Music app on, on Apple TV. So that's the way I was playing around with it. And, you know the 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 whole Sonos surround sound system that I have. It already has this feature on by default, where if you're listening to music and have you know the the surround sound set up with like the two Sonos ones in the rear and everything, it will already kind of basically fake this multi-channel effect for you, so that the music's coming out of you know all the speakers in the room. And yeah, I, I couldn't say that this sounded like a ton different than that i mean i i I think maybe it did sound like it was filling the room a little bit more but i think like i mentioned to you like that could just be because i had the volume up a little louder (laughs) than like i normally do which i think by definition Uh, would (laughs) so yeah i don't know I, i i can't say i can't say that i noticed a ton of difference um and actually, I'm I'm gonna do something that we that we don't do often on the show, Carlos. But I, I think this is gonna be a, a perfect moment to do this. I'm I'm gonna pull my chef special forward, 
because it, it very much ties into this topic. This is unprecedented. I know. So I'm gonna send you the send you the link in the thing. So In the Heights came out last weekend. So this is the movie adaptation of Lynn Manuel Miranda's kind of first big musical. The movie is absolutely fantastic. It is so good. You should find some time this weekend if you can to watch it. It's if you if you like Hamilton, you will love this movie. Um and it's it's because it's a, a, a Warner Media movie, it is it was released on HBO Max simultaneous to it coming out in theaters this past weekend, which as we talked about before is what is what Warner's doing for all their movies in 2021. And so the lady friend and I watched this on HBO Max this past weekend. And the the I mean the movie is it's it's incredible. It's great. Um and the reason I I pulled the pick forward here is because, you know, the movie has you know Dolby Atmos like you know most most modern um movies do now on these streaming platforms and you know I I've been happy with my Sonos setup um but like I guess I've never really been like blown away by it and I it's not like I've become this huge Dolby Atmos fan or something like it, it sounds good but it's it's never there's never been like that kind of thing where I was like just totally blown away by it but like that that changed with this movie like the way the way I, I won't give away too much about the movie but the way the music is it just it really really took advantage of 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 the whole Dolby Atmos setup and the soundtrack, which is available on Apple Music, also has you know the whole spatial audio Dolby Atmos support into it. So, I actually would say with this this album in particular, having spatial audio did seem to, or having Dolby Atmos did seem to really make a difference. But with that, it feels like. That's always been the case with movies because that's just much more easy to master for a multi-channel, multi-speaker exactly. environment. Exactly. Where yeah. music is just, it's, it's, that's where like, I feel like stereo will always win just because it's like, there's so many different contexts of like, how do you master music that can play well on tiny, lousy phone speakers versus earbuds versus like over the ear headphones versus like a stereo speaker set. Like that's very different than movies where like i think sound bars are becoming very very common and having a surround sound or at least like a solid 2.1 setup in a home theater is is fairly typical for most people so like yeah like uh, that being the case on a music heavy movie seems like a much more impactful and worthwhile endeavor than trying eddie q giving interviews to billboard saying that spatial audio is like the second coming <laughs> I mean, and that that is literally what happened. Uh, okay, that that's cool. Okay, I mean, good recommendation for that movie because I've I've only heard from the controversy that people are trying to cancel and then well, like Miranda for it for for reasons. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, cool. Um, would you say that's the best movie that's come out out of the whole Warner HBO Max COVID deal? Oh, I. Or sorry, I, have you I, watched I, any of them other than Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four or whatever? I. 
I haven't, but I, I still would not. I would not <laughs> even entertain any kind of argument that there's anything better than In the Heights that's come out. Got it. I mean, come on. Okay, cool. I mean, I, I know the, the Zack Snyder people are going to come after me here, but I well, mean, come on. Well, no, because they'll just petition uh, Miranda to make a four-hour version of this movie. <laughs> and and they'll, they'll cyber bully people on the internet because gamers. Uh, cool. Okay. So, yeah. So, anyway, so the... Yeah, spatial audio. I mean, meh. I mean, I mean, I'm happy it's, they're trying it's something, fine. but it feels so. It's it's just profoundly gimmicky. Well, so it it's gimmicky, but here's the thing about it. It it's not Apple didn't put this into like Apple Music Plus, right? Where they had like a you know five dollar a month surcharge they tacked onto it or something, which would have been a very very Tim Cook thing to do. Um. But they didn't do that. And so because this is just something that gets rolled into regular Apple Music, I mean it's there's no there's no harm in having it there. So you know I like that you use Tim Cook as like a synonym for for money grabbing. <laughs> like you Specific, go... specifically as it relates to services and any kind of uh recurring revenue stream, yeah. Okay, all of Apple's business. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just do a find and replace for it. Okay. Um, okay, on time. Real quick, I mean, I don't think we have a whole ton to say here, but in the past two weeks, there been, there's been a lot of movement on um, an agenda in Washington. Of One, there was the appointment to the FTC of, what's her name? Uh, come on, tech meme. I forgot, but there was a there there was a um a woman who wrote either a book or a lengthy paper about Amazon's anti competitiveness, and she was confirmed as FTC chairperson. Um and also Lena, Lena Khan. Yes. Um and uh there were senders was it Buck and Cicilline? Yes, they introduced legislation. Basically, it's kind of like the whole like it's not necessarily because it's it's fairly bipartisan sort of where like Republicans hate big tech too, and then and Democrats do, but for different reasons. Where there's this whole like weird movement to regulate big tech because everybody's mad for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like you're. Your Liz Warren types and you're in your Bernie types. And I I'm not really in this camp, but I think by association I maybe am. Who feel like Amazon and some other companies and uh kind of employ monopolistic tactics and are doing sketchy stuff and they in their size and unchecked um economic power crushes competition and uh workers' rights, et cetera, et cetera. And I agree and believe forty percent of that. And then you have the Republicans and some Democrats who are all mad about the free speech uh, implications of um, tech companies being able to censorship is not the right word. That's the word that they want you to use, but to um, uh, have have fine lines or, or uh, moderation guidelines about what is acceptable speech. Even though the whole thing is with the First Amendment, the uh, right to free speech was not when you an individual had the chance for their message to be amplified to 
hundreds of millions of people all the time. But anyway, there's there's been this changing tide where regulation or moderation or breaking up of large tech companies, namely Amazon, Facebook, Apple, Google, and sometimes Microsoft. Like Microsoft actually has done a really, I don't know if this is the right word, deft job of kind of like staying out of it mostly. Like even though like they have a lot of the same issues with being a large scale cloud computing provider, and even though they don't have any successful social networks, like they, they're a player in this, but they, they somehow managed to never be in the conversation. But yeah, it seems like the tide is changing and I don't really know where this is going. And I say that mostly because there was also a Bloomberg article in here where the story that, or sorry, where the initial bill that is being proposed in the house uh, would basically make it so that Apple can't pre-install any other applications on their own phone. So I guess basically like your your iPhone's going to come empty with like a phone dialer and an app store link. I, I don't know. But <laughs> like, because there's a lot of stuff like that where I don't trust the government to know how to do this properly. And sure, they have people like Khan who they're putting in who maybe do know or can guide that type of stuff. But I don't think people are an expert on everything. And like, this is how we end up with stupid laws like... Um, is it a COPA? What's the what's the one where you have to be 13 on the internet? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do, but I, I don't remember the, the specific name. Yeah, but there's a the thing like where there's just like really, really silly legislation that doesn't actually accomplish what you want because you're trying to solve for the problem that existed four years ago and you're doing it in a way that only the government can, which means it's usually not good. Like, I don't know. This is, just, like, I guess, like, what is your take on the anti-tech sentiment in across the u.s in general and in washington and do you think this will go anywhere and do you think it'll be done well you have 30 seconds (laughs) i don't think it'll be done well uh i think it'll be a very slow process it does seem like though that there is momentum on this issue that there really isn't on almost anything else Mm-hmm. In Washington, you know, because of what you pointed out, which is it's a rare issue where kind of both sides they don't sort agree, of agree. They don't agree why they're that, mad, but they agree that everybody should be mad. Exactly. It's a perfect way to put it. Um, I, I think sort of the 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 Apple angle to, to take on this or to, to, I guess, just to focus on Apple in this context is, and this is a point that's, you know, been been made kind of all over the Internet, but. Apple could have really easily mm-hmm. avoided being a part of this conversation. You know, companies like Google and Facebook, like the the reasons they're under fire are sort of fundamental to their businesses. So it's kind of hard to imagine like Facebook and Google and, and Amazon really couldn't stay out of this conversation. Apple but, chose to get into it. Apple, they really did. Like, Apple could have done a handful of relatively small things and would have really had nobody even looking their direction. And so it, it's, it's you know, to continue the, the, the Ted Lasso-type references, it, it's, it's such an own goal. Like, it, 
Apple doesn't need to be a part of of all this, but but they, I mean, they very much deserve to be because of the decisions they've made. But it it didn't didn't have to be this way. So that's you know that's kind of a a shame for them. But mm. <laughs> I mean, it's a shame, but it's also again, it's getting what they deserve by getting too oh, totally greedy. yeah because again like there, there are a couple like that's the part that's so infuriating and this, this is tangentially related about their whole privacy angle and the new york times and the washington post have done some great reporting on this about one scam apps but also um how apple well like what was the thing about the daily like three days ago of where they in order to protect their ability to do business in china have done a lot of things that are kind of antithetical to the stated goals that apple tries to market themselves as being better than competitors for in traditional western societies so like a lot of the stuff where apple can had the opportunity to just stay a player that made high profit devices and had lucrative side businesses like they've done so much greedy stuff that is attracting attention that they absolutely did not need and it would have been a almost immaterial impact on their bottom line to cut to to just not not reach for the cookie basically right. mm-hmm. i don't know if that's a term a term but it should be it, it is now yeah uh, anyway we'll, we'll see but again but uh, yeah you're you're absolutely right where this, this is not gonna be done well and everybody's gonna be worse off for it because people couldn't stop being greedy yeah yeah anything else for chef specials uh i think i think that's kind of kind of it yeah so unfortunately you already gave yours so i I don't have time to get mine together so let me look at my amazon history and now it wants my two-factor code so i'm not going to get that so (laughs) um well my i don't have a chef special this week but i will show that this is this came up on reddit earlier today do you remember the episode of the office where and it was a very, it's an episode I actually don't like because it's, it's too cringy. Do you remember the one where they invite, I don't know if it's just Jim and Pam over to Jan and Michael's house. Oh yeah. And he does the one where he shows them the flat screen TV. Oh yeah. That's, that's a classic date. I think that episode's called date night. It's like one of the few episodes, like I remember the name yeah. of and everything. It's yeah, a very it's good episode. Mm-hmm. And I forget. Yeah. So, well, actually, hold on. I'll send you a pick so this this case this this is a cascading story and again this is not a chef special but i guess i'm just uh, forcing another topic um put this in the show notes so i've been looking for airbnbs in a couple of spots for an upcoming trip and there was this one that i saw that the oh, no. <laughs> one the tv is so again, we've talked about it where there's a couple of like Reddit is a bad place, but if you curate it right, you can find the non-lousy <laughs> places about it. And uh, we want plates, uh, Reddit, like the the uh, the Corgi subreddit, um, the espresso one. And also there's one I like uh, that I'm not a subscriber to, but I check in every once in a while called TV Too High, which is TVs that are meant <laughs> too high. And again, here's the thing. So before we get into it, you get a, uh, get a jail-free card because you have a TV that is slightly higher than it should be but you can't do anything about it and it's not your primary tv and it's it's a secondary it, the key exactly. is it's the secondary it's, TV, it's a tv right. that's designed to be watched from outside or the kitchen basically correct so exactly. you you get a, you get a free pass you will yep. you would never be featured on tv 2i 
No. Mm-mm. But this this this, this Denver uh, Airbnb that and again it I mean, woof. So it's a, it looks like like a thirty two inch like TV that they got. It's probably Rocketfish branded from Best Buy, and the T they won like it's again talk about unforced errors or own goals. Like they mounted it so high that literally the power cord cannot reach, and you <laughs> they have it plugged into a surge protector. <laughs> which looks like gravity is going to pull the TV off the wall. And if they just mounted it at a spot that was appropriate, they wouldn't need to be in that situation. It was just like, I was looking at this at 11 o'clock last night and I was like, this is so dumb. And then I had to go post it. So I don't remember what, what was my point? How was this? I, I had a, I had a recommendation here, but I don't remember. Is it the is it the TV TV too high subreddit? No, not really. Oh, whatever. I think I think you've actually made that a pick before. So I don't think it was a pick before, but I think it was something. But no, what was there was an actual point to this? Oh, that's that's why I thought about the the Office episode. Mm. This is a, mm-hmm. this is a very secure, circuitous and absolutely not a um a chef special because uh, teaser for the next episode. I had something I thought was going to be a chef special and is very much not a chef special and it's going to be returned to Amazon, unfortunately. Mm. Always a bummer.